you have entered the realm of Sincerely Drea, the minds, thoughts, feelings, and actions of Sincerely Drea. And I'm glad that you're tuned in. These are just some moments I'm going to spend with you just having a little conversation here or there about things that are on my mind. They're a little grown. They're a little adult. So it's not for everyone's listening pleasure. But if you can relate, I hope that you'll stick around, tune in, share your feedback, and let me know what's on your mind. Well, today is the first episode of Sincerely Dre, and I'd like to welcome you all to my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. And I hope that you'll enjoy the ride. I hope that it won't be too much, it won't be too little, but it'll be just the right amount that you need to get you through your day. Today's topic is grown. And what I realized today, I've realized it before today, but I really got it today. I'm grown. And if you're listening to this, you're grown for the most part. And it just kind of really made me do some thinking because I'm grown. I'm not going to talk about the age that I am, and I'm not going to talk about the maturity level either, because we are all different ages, and we all have different maturity levels, but it's just about the responsibility and accountability that's placed on our shoulders, and I just want to know, what happened? How did I go from being a child to being the age that I am now? How did it all go by in a flutter of eyelashes? a clicking of fingertips. How did I get here to be grown? It seems like just yesterday, I was outside jumping rope, (laughs) playing jacks, uh, playing with the homies on the block, freeze tag, mama may I, playing stickball, kickball, volleyball, basketball, football, skating on the block, trying to learn how to ride a bike, not successfully, mind you. How did I go from that to paying bills, trying to keep myself afloat, taking care of three children, divorce? How did that transition happen? It boggles the brain sometimes when you think about it. It's just like one minute you're wanting to be an adult and the next minute you want to be a kid again. I know I do. Everybody, that's not their story, but I promise you, I would love to go back to somebody else taking care of me and all I have to worry about is bringing home grades, (laughs) keeping my room clean, okay, maybe chores, and getting an allowance here or there, being driven around, (laughs) having my clothes purchased for me. I, I don't think I realized at that time, and you may have, but I know I didn't, realize the benefit of someone taking care of me. I wanted to be grown so I can make my own choices, my own decisions. I wanted to be free. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And it sounded good when I was young. Younger, because I'm still young. But now that I'm responsible for other people, it doesn't sound fun. It isn't fun. I mean, you have great moments. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being an adult, but... I just think back, like, 
really, to the days of growing up. It was safer <laughs> back then than it is now. We weren't privy to as much information as we are now. The way we got information was through an encyclopedia. Now all it takes is an internet connection and a typed word, Google, for all information to be at your fingertips. And while it's great and it's fast and it's easy, sometimes I wonder, was it really a great idea for our innocence to be lost, to be taken away? Is it great for us to have so much information at so little time? Is social media the great escape? It seems as if the more we know, the worse we are. That's just my opinion. I know there are others who don't feel that way, but it seems like we were more innocent back then. Even though there were drugs around, prostitution was there, negativity happened, murder, rape, car accidents, things happened back then, but it just seems like it didn't touch us as much. And I think what really like tripped me out this week or a lot, well, this is a new week, but last week was the deaths that were happening. R.I.P. Craig Mack, R.I.P. Anya. There are a couple of other people that passed away. And of course, I can't think of it right now because so much Stephen Hawking. Yeah, R.I.P. It hit me that when I was a kid, it seemed like the people who were dying were like 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, like old people died. We didn't know about young people dying. Like the first incident that I remember of somebody young dying was my classmate. We were seniors in high school and they had been out driving. It was twins and a drunk driver hit the car and one of the twins passed away. And we were devastated because that's the first time that somebody young passed away. I had done this. I had been through it. I had grandparents that passed away, great aunts that passed away. Again, these were older people. My teacher's husband passed away, older people. So the first experience I had with death that I know about was my senior year of high school of somebody who was young. And it just like stopped time because we were all like, this has to be a sick dream. This has to be a bad dream. And then, you know, I'm from Patterson, so there was death because, you know, drugs were running rampant. We had things going on with gangs and, and clubs and cliques and, you know, nonsense. And people were losing their lives, but it still really wasn't in our backyard. It wasn't in our lives. And then I lost my best friend. It was devastating. I mean, I have moments now. This was back when... I want to say Isis was born. She was born, but we were having her baby shower, her second baby shower. So I think we had one before she was born. We did. It's not a think, it's a no. And one after she was born, but she was only a couple of months old, maybe six, nine. I can't remember exactly. And it was the day of her baby shower that my best friend died and nobody told me. And I remember because my best friend and I, Curtis Brown, RIP, always will have love for him. He was my best, best, best friend. We grew up together from 10, 9. He broke my middle finger. That's how best friends we were, playing around, acting stupid. 
And we lived across the street from each other. First, we lived side by side, and then his family moved across the street. So we grew up, like, he would come over to my house, I would go over to his house, like, we stayed up. He was one of the few boys that was allowed to come into my house. You know, it was that kind of thing. And so we're talking about years of history, because we're talking about 10, and I had my child when I was 22. And so when I went across the street, because something wasn't right, you know, my niece said this um, earlier, shout out to Key Bowman. She was like, go with your gut, go with your feelings, go with those emotions, that voice that you hear. Something in my gut told me to go across the street to his house. I wasn't invited over, but I had been to his house a hundred million times. So I went across the street because I wanted to know what was going on. Why was so much activity happening? Because our street was quiet. You know, we had cars come through. I lived on the east side of Patterson, East 30th Street. And so we didn't have a lot of ruckus and stuff. So all these cars were, were bothersome. And I went and I looked around and people were dressed in black and they were crying. And I had no clue what was going on. And his mom was sitting in a chair. And I walked over to her because I wanted to say what was going on. And she grabbed me and she just burst into tears and she couldn't breathe. I started crying because I just knew. I knew, I knew, I knew what it was. And as we sat there and cried and cried, the story came out that my best friend was no longer here. Like I'm getting choked up thinking about it right now. Like 22, we were the same age. And it was like, how could someone that young just be dead, be gone? Life wasn't fair. Like I'm not telling his business, but we had just talked. We hadn't talked in a while because he was ripping and running this way. I was ripping and running that way. And we had just had a conversation. He had just had a child. And we were talking about how better our lives were going to be and how we were going to focus on being better people and better to our families and just better. And I was so excited. And I couldn't wait to hang out with my best friend. I mean, it wasn't even a week that we had that talk. It might have been two days and he was gone. And I was just like... I still don't accept it. Even all these years later, even sitting here right now, it's just like hard. I'm not really trying to get emotional, but it's hard. And so it seems like from that time that life went fast forward to me. It's like I have moments of clarity of what has happened in my life. I have the good moments, the bad moments, the in-between moments, but it's just like time just went super fast. And here I am today, I'm no longer 22. And I have a child that's no longer 22. She's older than that. And I'm just like, I'm grown. With grown, per grown people responsibilities, the grown person's responsibilities, how did it happen? And I guess I wanted to share today that you need to take life day by day. Stop rushing, especially to the younger generation, to the kids. Enjoy being a child. I know it looks great to be able to be grown because you get to make your own decisions. Nobody can tell you what to do. You have freedom. You have freedom of choice. You can do what you want when you want. But enjoy your childhood. Enjoy somebody being responsible for you, accountable for you. Enjoy somebody chauffeuring you around because basically, you know, parents, that's what we do. 
enjoy people cooking for you or cleaning. Well, you know, <clears throat> there are chores, but enjoy it. There's nothing like being a child. There's nothing like being a kid. There's nothing like being a teenager because it's just like, it's so much easier. The responsibilities of being grown are immense. One choice, one decision can shape your life for the next 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. It can shape you for your entire life. And to be able to go on without having to make those decisions right now is a great thing. I know I've talked to young adults and they're like, you know, I really miss my mom doing this or my dad doing that. I, I miss, you know, being taken care of. I have all this on my shoulders now and it's not easy. And in this society, in this world, I don't think it is being, it's easy being a young adult. I don't. I think you have more on you than we did when we were growing up. I was blessed to be in a two-family household, but even back then with single parents, because we did have single parents back then, you know, I know a lot of people like to seem shocked, like this millennium generation <laughs> was the end-all, be-all that they caused all the mess that we have in the world, and I definitely want to say that's not true. To be very honest, I really believe my generation is the cause for a lot of stuff that we have going on because we wanted to be so different than our parents. And of course, I'm probably sure my mother's generation can say that and my grandmother's generation could say that. But I really, because I grew up in the hip hop era, that I saw how much I did not want to be like my parents. Like, I was a rebel. So I did everything to move away from their thinking and to do things my way and not their way. And it shocked them. My parents were a little conservative. Me, I was a wild child. Hell, I'm still a wild child, to be honest. That's why I'm doing this podcast and why only a select few people can listen to it because I would shock the world. <laughs> I don't think they can handle the true story. You know how they say you can't handle the truth? I don't know why people think I'm this nice, innocent. Okay, everybody doesn't think that, but there are a lot of people you'd be surprised who when I say things, they're like heart stops. And I'm just like, I've never been that person. I was born wild. I honestly bucked tradition. I was the black sheep. It was me. I was that person and I'm still that person today. I haven't changed that drastically, even though it takes longer for me to get to that point, that explosive. I told you I was the Incredible Hulk growing up. I told you that. That Hulk is still in me <laughs> and it could be aroused. The Incredible Hulk's name is Angie. So if you ever hear me say Angie, run, because that means TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> dynamite, you know what I'm saying? But growing up back then, we had a hip hop generation. We didn't want to wear skirts and dresses anymore. We wanted to wear jeans and baggy jeans and big shirts with the little um, bra shirts and have our abs out. And it started that way. We wore sneakers instead of wearing the church shoes and the... Um, I call them rope stompers, you know, those shoes that were back out in the day that our parents wanted us to wear because sneakers weren't in from my, my parents' generation. They were called, I have no idea, I can't even remember because they weren't sneakers, called sneakers, but I don't even think they were called tennis shoes, to be really honest with you. But it wasn't for them to wear that all the time. They wore dress shoes. They wore those nice, you know, tie-up, lace-up shoes. Um, with the nice laces and 
they wore dresses, the girls, the females did, and the guys wore slacks. So I remember when I first, when I was growing up, my great aunt used to call jeans, um, oh, what did she call them? I can't even remember. But they weren't called jeans. And so when I told her I'm wearing jeans, she was like, no, you're wearing, mm, I wish I could think of the name of it. And I was like, no, these are Calvin Klein's, Jordache, Sergio Valente, Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And then when I was wearing sneakers, oh my gosh, all you do is wear sneakers. What about shoes? Your feet are going to grow. Uh, okay. And you're wearing those. And they used to have a name for the sneakers too. But that was my generation. I was a tomboy. They couldn't handle it because they were feminine and they were used to girlish behavior and girls being in the kitchen and cooking and all of that. And I was out in the street playing football and basketball and baseball and stickball and volleyball and kickball. I was outside being a boy, a tomboy. And I saw nothing wrong with it because I had no interest in being in a hot kitchen and gossiping. Truth be told, I don't like females like that to be gossiping all day because that's all I saw growing up. Them on the phone or on the porch or outside, you can yak, 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 and, and that was not interesting to me. I'd rather be in the streets living life than watching people talking about it. You understand what I'm saying? So that was who I was. And I really believe a lot of people in my generation were like that. They were out doing, we were trying to hustle and do things for ourselves. And I really believe that, you know, having industry and businesses for ourselves was born there. We were the generation that came after the Black Panthers. So we were trying to kick down doors and keep them open for our people and for us. And we were real vocal about it. And we didn't care that people looked at us crazy because our pants were two sizes too big. We were that generation. So it, it makes me laugh when we get mad when we see boys with their pants hanging off their butts because um, it didn't start with the millennials. It didn't. Now, as an adult, do I want to see your underwear? Because it's gotten a lot. It, it's gone crazy much further because I can see your whole butt now. I not want to see that. That's personal to you. I don't, I don't want to see your dirty underwear or your clean underwear or your long underwear, or your tidy whities or your boxers. That's personal. Keep it to you. So I do agree. I don't, I don't want to see all that. But I just wanted to remind us that they were not the first generation to wear the big pants and to show the top part, especially Calvin Klein. Remember the Calvin Klein underwear boys used to wear back then because it was big. And the boxers started coming out and they used to like to show the very um, top part of those. So mm -mm, it wasn't the millennials that started that. And it wasn't the millennials that started to fight back and, and take control because I really wanted to say not even my generation because we had sit-ins and people walking off campuses. This generation that just walked out, congratulations to you all for standing up for yourselves, was not the first generation to buck politics or buck a law. Had it not been for generation before me, or the generation before then, we'd still be segregated or maybe even enslaved in some capacity. So I guess I'm saying this to say we're angry sometimes at the generation, the millennials and the generation after the millennials because they're bucking tradition and they're standing up for themselves, but it's not the first time. They're not the first generation. 
They're just standing up for things that we might not agree with, things that we might look down at. But didn't the same thing happen to my hip hop generation, Generation X? Mm. Didn't we get looked down at because we had rap and they didn't understand what rap music was? They definitely didn't like the, um, um, oh gosh, see, today is a day I cannot think it's so much on my mind. When we had the violent rap, when we were talking about F the police <laughs> and all those kind of raps, when we were listening to NWA and Ice-T and all of them, when KRS-One was saying what it was to be a police officer, remember that? You know that song, you know what I'm talking about. They weren't the first generation. But I, coming out of that for a minute to just talk about really being grown, like it's mind boggling that I'm at the generation that I was watching or I'm at the age that I was watching my parents at. I think it hit me at 30, like I remember, okay, maybe not at 30, a little older than 30, but I remember being little and watching my parents throw parties at the house and having the family over, they got the music flowing, they playing cards or whatever. And I remember thinking when I was little, I can't wait to be grown so I can have fun like that. Somebody explain to me where the fun went. <laughs> Cause uh, bills are hunting me down, people are hunting me down. And I'm just like, where's the fun? Where are the parties in the house? Where are the, where's the community that hung out together, the community that cared about each other? When did we become so self-involved? When did we stop caring? Because my generation grew up in the village. How did we let the village fall away? What happened? I have questions. Because again, I told you from the time I was a child to a now adult, time went like that. I'm blinking my eyes too. Like time skips. So my generation is the one that grew up in it. How did we drop the ball? When did we stop caring about our neighbor? When did we stop knowing our neighbor? When did we start not knowing our children's friends and, and being introduced? You know, you couldn't go to somebody's house unless your mother met them. You had to meet, the parents had to meet the child and the parent before you could go anywhere. What happened to those days? What happened? How did we grow up in it and then it disappear. Our generation should have definitely kept it going because we knew what it was. We knew what it was to know everybody on our block. We knew what it was to know the principal in our school and the teacher. I'm just asking random questions because it's all questions I have of being grown. How and when did it happen? I also wanted to address this. Just because you're over 21 doesn't make you grown. I know people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, even though they're aged, to me, they're not grown because they're making adolescent decisions. They're not responsible. There's someone I know who was a grown adult according to age and to how many years he was on this planet, but I had no respect for him as an adult male because he was irresponsible. Breaking hearts left and right, not maturing to care about other people. It, it, it boggles my brain that you could have age on you 
but still not be mature, still not be grown. I can't tell you 100% what grown is, <laughs> but I do know it has to do with responsibility and accountability and, and maybe even paying bills and maybe even having a job. I, I, I can't tell you 100% what it looks like because it looks different on everybody. But I just know it's not easy. It's not easy being a caretaker for others. The age we are now, we're seeing it more and more, but we have to take care of our parents, whether it's financially or physically, because unfortunately, people are suffering with Alzheimer's, broken bones, dementia, different things. And so now we children who were taken care of by parents now have had to go into the role and take care of our parents. We've become parents. We have children now. And that's a whole nother can of worms because I know I said this growing up that I wanted to raise my children differently than I was raised. I wanted to give them more freedom and let them make their own decisions and have their own choices. But it's so easy to say, not easy to do, especially in the world we live in. And especially knowing what we went through, I think one of the biggest things I had, the biggest hiccups I had was, I know who I was when I was growing up. I know the choices I made when I was growing up. I know the pitfalls I fell into growing up and I don't want my children to go through it. So I became protective, but it's hard being protective of children who don't wanna be protected, who feel the same way you felt when you were their age, like let me make my own choices and my own decisions. But when you know what stands out there, when you know what they can bump into, when you know the mistakes they can make, I get it now. I see why my parents were so strict. I see why they were so protective because they knew. Now, I had to swallow a hard pill today and realize that even as a parent, you gotta let go and let your children make their decisions. You have to pray that you have poured enough common sense, knowledge, wisdom, advice, that you've lived a life that they can think about and mirror. You have to have confidence that you've done that. Then you have to pray and give them to God and let them go on. And when they fall, because everybody falls, I mean, it's scriptural. When they fall, it's your job not to say, I told you so. You still have to have compassion. You're still a parent. I guess being a parent is not easy. I don't guess, I know being a parent is not easy because you kind of get to a point, and maybe I'm the only one, and that's why I'm rambling, that there are times when you get tired of being a parent. This is just my honesty to you. Sometimes it's like you want to just live and be responsible for yourself because you get to a point when you fussed enough, you shouted enough, you got angry enough, you talked until you were blue in the face enough, and you kinda just wanna say, you know what? I don't care anymore. I wash my hands, do what you want to do, it's your life. But 
in those moments, it sounds good. <sighs> you sigh a sigh of relief. Your shoulders drop. The weight is off of them. But in the back corner of your mind, you're thinking, what happens if it doesn't work out the way they think it will? It's hard to turn off being a parent, especially for a mother. I can't speak to the being parents of being a father because I'm a girl, a female. I carried my children for nine months. So my relationship is a little bit different. I'm not saying that mothers are better parents. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there's a different connection I feel between a mother, well, some mothers, because everybody doesn't have it, but some mothers and their children. There's a different, there's a protectiveness, there's a fierceness, there's, I liken myself to a lion when it comes to my children. Like, you might be able to do something to me. You might be able to talk about me. I'm going to get angry. But try it with my kids and you're going to see a whole nother animal. I promise. So it's that, that fierceness to protect my kids because I don't want them hurt and I don't want them making bad decisions and I don't want anyone to hurt them. So it's difficult to let go, but you have to. And you know, when they're over the age of 21 or 18, it's on you. But I mean, you're still training them up when they're like, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're still raising them and pouring into them the things that you think will help them and better them. But when they get to the point where they're adults, I'm not going to say grown, but adults, you have to give them the leeway, their leeway to be free and to make those choices and decisions. I think because we know who we were at those ages, we know what possibilities lay there. We want to make sure that they have good friends, friends that won't allow them to be lazy or complacent or stagnant, friends that won't be bad influences on them. We're praying that, you know, our children are strong minded and strong willed and know what they want. We're praying that they're not susceptible to drugs and alcohol and sex and all the stuff that's out there that can harm them and keep them from fulfilling their destinies, their dreams, their goals the ambition that we see in them. The sad thing is though, sometimes you just gotta let them go. Let them go and let them do what they're going to do, even if it's disappointing to you, even if it's upsetting to you, even if it angers you. Because at some point, and this is what I had to realize today, you're not always going to be here. As much as I like to think that I'm gonna be here for a thousand years, in my right mind and with my right body working the way I need it to work that's not a true story you don't know when life ends for you and so at what point are you going to allow your child to grow up and to do the things they need to do because you're not always going to be there you would rather them go off and do what they're going to do while you're here so that way you're comforted. Okay, well, they stumbled on here. Let me give a little advice because, you know, parents give advice whether it's wanted or not. But give them a little advice and see them flourish or see them stumble again and pick themselves up. You would rather see that than never see them do for themselves and then you die because now they can't take care of themselves. Yes, and I'm one that really 
really has to work harder on it. Mothers of sons, I want to give you some advice from me. Let your sons be men. Don't be mama's boy. I mean, uh, don't let him be a mama's boy. You're not always going to be here. And God forbid he gets with a woman and he's a mama's boy. No woman wants to date a mama's boy. There's nothing wrong with a son loving his mother, but keep it there. Let him learn how to cook, sew, mow lawns, take out garbage, wash clothes, clean up a house from A to Z and make it spick and span, fold clothes, fix cars, put gas in the car, learn, uh, learn him. Oh boy, I took it back. <laughs> Teach him those things. Don't do it for him because First of all, he's going to move out of your house one day. He needs to. He needs to go to college or trade school or business or the military, whatever his future is. He needs to walk into that. And he needs to be able to take care of himself because there's no guarantee that he's going to get married as soon as he leaves your house. And even if he gets married, there's no guarantee that the woman he's with is going to know how to cook, clean, sew, take care of children, blah, 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 fix boo-boos. Teach your child that. And I'm saying it for sons because... Mothers are harder on daughters than they are on sons. They coddle their sons. They raise their daughters. You need to raise your son to be a man. Now hear me. Women don't know how to be a man. I'm sorry. You're a woman. But you do know how a woman wants to be treated. And I'm not talking about no kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy, rubby, rubby on your child. That is disgusting. I'm not talking about that, but you can teach him to open doors for women. You can teach him to hold out seats for women. You can teach him to be a provider. You can teach him to be a protector because that's what a man does. You can teach it because you know from your husband, that's what you would want. You don't want no Amy Pammy don't know how to be a man, man. You don't want someone that's supposed to be a man Treating you like garbage, disrespecting you, cursing you out, putting his hands on you. So teach that to your sons. You also need to teach him to love himself. Just because there may not be a male figure in his life is no reason for him to have self-hatred for himself. It's not the child's fault that the father is not around or there's no male role model. So you teach him, and that's something that I'm going to be doing. Teach him that we came from, and now I'm speaking to African-Americans. I apologize, but this is what I know. I am an African-American woman, an African-American mother of a son. So that's why I have to get specific here right now. Teach your son that he comes from kings and queens. Teach him his ancestry. Let him know that he may be brought up in the ghetto doesn't mean he has to stay there, nor does it mean that he has to hate it. Doesn't mean that he has to look at his people as being ratchet or ghetto because we're all types. Let him know to uplift his people, to love his people and to love himself because he came from great stock. Our story did not begin as slaves. That wasn't where we began. And let him know that, that even though we were in America as slaves, we created the world. And what I mean by that is that we've built some of the best monuments and buildings and streets and homes this country has ever seen. And not just this country. 
Teach them about the inventions. Don't leave it for February. Don't leave it for the schools. Let me tell you, one of my biggest disappointments about moving to Atlanta, Georgia, was the lack of African-American culture in the schools. I come from Patterson, New Jersey, and I make this statement. I went to a Catholic school. I learned more about my history in that Catholic school than my children had the entire time they have gone to Atlanta schools. I'm making that statement and that's sad and sorry because I moved to Atlanta, Georgia for the culture. When I was here at 10, I saw African-American business owners. I had never seen that, that had rows and rows of stores that they owned. When I came back here at 24 years of age, I was sorely disappointed because all those stores were being run by other people, but there were still some and I made sure Stores in Greenbrier Mall, yes, I'm calling it out. The West End, I made sure that my children got to see people who look like them owning those stores. We need more of it. But the education, I just knew that they would have a whole um, class dedicated to African-Americans because we were in Atlanta where we own things. Atlanta was a black city. So I just knew that education was going to represent that. I was excited to do projects with my children and it didn't happen. So don't rely on your children's schools to teach your children about how great a race of people we are. That's your responsibility. Even if the schools were doing it, it's still your responsibility. I was a little slack in it. I did it with my oldest child, but now I have two younger ones and I have committed myself to doing it because I've seen some examples from my African-American son where he has a self-hatred, where he doesn't think that African-Americans are anything but thugs, ghetto and ratchet, even though he doesn't include his family with that because he said we're not like that, but I need him to understand that I am African-American. So I need to change his thinking. So I need to pour into him. So I'm now I'm saying this to all parents for both your sons and daughters, pour into them their rich history. And a lot of people want to talk negatively about Black Panther. Miss me with it because I got to see African-Americans that look like me as superheroes. We can um, celebrate Wonder Woman, the Incredible Hulk, Captain America, all the superheroes, but now that we have an African-American superhero on the screen, we want to downgrade it, and I say no. I will celebrate Black Panther as hard as I celebrate Wonder Woman, who is one of my favorite superheroes, and the Incredible Hulk, who is another. Black Panther is now the, the, the next level of superhero for me. I knew nothing about him, but I was excited because guess what? My son can go look at that movie and see a man that looks just like him with the same kind of hair texture as he has that did not talk down to a woman, that did not downgrade his race, but wanted to better them. So miss me with any negativity about Black Panther. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to turn you off. But let your children see superheroes, not just Black Panther, not just comic book heroes, but the heroes that made streetlights, the telephone, television, medical creations. 
so much that African-Americans have done to better this world. Let them know that. And please don't save it for February, the shortest month in the year. This should be ongoing. And be interested in it, too. You'll learn a lot. There were things I didn't even know that we created. So I guess I'm saying, because this is all over the place, <laughs> that I'm a grown parent. Not only am I a grown adult, but I am a grown parent. And you have to take responsibility. I know I didn't choose to be a single parent, but I am. So I either go with it or I keep bucking it, fighting it, complaining about it. But what does that help my children? How does that help them? It doesn't. So I just need you to understand me <laughs> when I say to you, being grown is not how old you are. Being grown is not how mature you are, per se. But I really, for me, now that I've asked you the question, I've talked to you for a few minutes, I really think it's about responsibility and how you adapt to being responsible. I think that's what being grown is. I don't think everyone over the age of 21 is grown. I do think wisdom helps with being grown. I do. I honestly do. So I guess for me, and this is Andrea, sincerely Drea, I believe that being grown is being wise, mature, and being responsible. That's how I'm going to go with being grown. That's my definition. So if you're wise and you have wisdom, if you're responsible, and responsibility, that's a whole nother conversation that we're not going to talk about today, and mature, I think that you're grown. That's just it for me. And who knows, I might change that in the next couple of years. You have no idea. You're just going to have to stick around to my podcast and let me know what you think. But I just wanted to talk about it because it really hit me today that I'm grown. And that I'm accountable and responsible for not only my life, but the life of my children and the life of my legacy. What am I going to leave for my grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and on my posterity? That's something that I'm really thinking about today. And we'll probably talk about that another time. But I just want to tell you, being grown is not easy. Take it step by step, day by day. And for those youth, children, kids, I promise you take your time. I've been where you've been and I couldn't wait. Well, I'm here now and I want to go back. <laughs> so take your time. Enjoy the lack of responsibility. Enjoy not having to work to pay bills. Enjoy not, well, enjoy not having to maybe take a job you don't want because it's the only option because you have responsibilities that you have to take care of. Enjoy those moments where someone is responsible for you, caring for you and taking care of you. Take those moments because it goes by just like that. Thank you for tuning in to 
Sincerely, Drea. Look, I can't even say it. I got upset all over again. And from time to time, I'm going to share some podcasts as there are things on my mind and in my heart because I'm grown and I got things to say. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.